Alright, hey everyone, welcome back to Panthapit. I'm sitting down here with Editor-in-Chief Riley Stapleton and Advisor Justin Spencer, as well as the next year's Sports Editor Ben Barkley. How's everyone doing today? Um, I I'm great. We only got two days of school left. I'm, I'm feeling good. <laughs> this, is, this is a lot of fun. This is the first one in uh, four years that I've done, so this, this ought to be interesting. Uh, yeah, the last one for Jenna and Riley, that's for sure. Um, you know, Jenna, four-year sports writer. Won a few awards along the way. Riley, four-year sports writer, won a few awards along the way. Like it's been, it's been a pretty good ride, y'all. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Any any reflections or anything before we do this episode? Um, freshman year. Freshman year. <laughs> oh, okay. let's, let's go back and talk about that. Uh, so for our listeners who don't know, we'll go ahead and put it out there and broadcast it that uh, Riley, despite being editor in chief the last two years, was actually on probation his freshman year and. I was ready to cut him, not physically cut him, just cut him from the program. Uh, Jenna has stayed fairly consistent. Um, can we talk about the fact that you wanted me to write a play-by-play cross-country story? Yes, no, that, was, that was honestly probably going to be one of the most exciting sports stories we've <laughs> ever written uh, that just never happened because well, you really can can't write cross-country Can we talk that about way. how we had to claim our preseason story second semester freshman year and I ended up with track, so I didn't do it? Can we also talk track? about... Oh, it was track, and I didn't do it. Can we also talk about the fact that there was a um, story document and it said tennis preseason and then it said sports in quotations and LOL? <laughs> we do love us some tennis, though. I mean... What was it? Was it Dana who wrote the first like yes. actual tennis story for Dana. us? Like that was awesome. That was hey, awesome. You can't um, Dana about Ryan's JV football narrative. That was good. Oh, too. the narrative. Yeah, that was. I, I like a present tense football story. That was good. <laughs> or the hour I spent editing the baseball story, screaming at my Chromebook. The yeah. Ryan's Ooh. baseball story. All right. All right. Uh, let me think of some other good ones. Um, it's March. Well, it's yeah, March. yeah. Oh man, that one goes way back. Yeah, our listeners aren't kind of. Well, maybe. I don't know. Aaron, if you're out there listening, it's March. Actually, it's May. A <laughs> yeah. uh, couple, couple days later. Hey, I was days getting left. yelled at freshman year in like Dylan a very aggressive fashion lines. because I couldn't write cut lines to winning all Georgia for cut line writing. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, yeah, that's progress. That's, that's the way the power works right there. superior too, man. Yeah. Headline, my headlines did get better. But that was... Like but you now said, we're, we're kind we of needed, pushing a little you too said, far. Okay, no. You, were you said we needed to get better at headlines and ours were too boring. And then the next year we had two people went superior for headline writing. There you I go. guess it worked. And they're both sports writers, and they complain about our sports. Game. That's right. <laughs> GSPA. That, well, careful oh. now. Careful. Okay. Uh, yeah. Boy, those those are some nice memories. That's mm -hmm. good stuff. It's been a long four years. Sometimes it's been a like it's felt like twelve years. <laughs> Other times it's felt like one and a half. All right. Well, maybe since this is a sports podcast, we should talk a little bit about sports. No, I'm not boring. sure, but <laughs> I think that's the point. <laughs> not my thing. Uh. All right. Um, fine. No, I mean, all right. <laughs> last Thanks, week, Jenna. Uh, last week, time been recap the end of the season for baseball and girls soccer. Um, you know, two great programs. Sadly, the seasons came to an end, maybe a little sooner than they liked. But both very young teams. Not a lot of seniors between the two. Can we can we talk about that for a second though? Like I was, uh, Mary Jane Gagliano, of course, on staff here. She's going to be next year's news editor for us. But like we were talking about that just this class period, actually. Like you say, like seasons ended kind of early. What was it? Elite was it sixteen or elite eight for baseball? Remind me. Uh, it was second round. I don't know. Okay, so that'd be sixteen. Yeah, 16. Okay, that'd be sixteen, and, and the elite eight for girls soccer. And we're talking about being disappointed. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're disappointed think. when we only make it to the Elite Eight. Like that's a that's a down season. 
Is that what you're telling me? I mean, I think anyone's goal should be to win a championship. And I think, well, baseball, baseball say it ended early because I think they could have gone farther. Just because, I mean, I know they dropped the first game, but then they beat Locust Grove 15-1, and so you don't really expect to turn around and lose the tiebreaker 13-3. Um, you probably shouldn't get mercy ruled in playoff no. baseball. Especially after winning by 14 runs, after mercy ruling them. I I mean, maybe baseball definitely could have gone farther, and it, you know at least they made the playoffs and got to the second round, but I think the fashion in which it ended, getting beat that bad, was kind of... But you remember what uh, Mosley said though in the hundredth coach's corner. I liked what he had to say there when we hit when we did that that hundredth coach's corner, the video that's super super long, definitely worth uh, worth watching though. Where he was talking about how like just how young they are, it's just long season. They just got tired, mm-hmm. you know. But but again, like when we're when we're sitting here and we're talking, you know, especially I look on the girls' soccer side, you know, for Jenna, one who, who covers that. Well, yeah, one game. senior on the field certainly. But even, like, you're talking Elite Eight and you're disappointed, you know? Okay, well, let's look at the Sweet 16 game and compare, one, that score, but two, that team, to the team that came out and played in the Elite Eight game, which was Did we do the girls' soccer lose to Carrollton? Yes. Yeah. Didn't we beat them earlier in the year, like 6-0? Yes. Yeah, it was bad. And in the, and so in the Sweet 16 even, game, we won 5-1. Depending on how, like... Deep, we went into the playoffs. I think, again, it comes down to the fashion in which those two teams mm-hmm. get eliminated makes it more disappointing. All right. All right, fine. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you both that. Y'all write the stories. <laughs> Losing I mean, 1-0 in overtime whenever you've beaten the team before just seems a little bit like a disappointment to And then the going from a 15-1 win to a 13-3 30, loss. Yeah. And I just don't think the seniors like ending their season on mercy rule. I don't think Who, seniors like ending their well, season. Well, I mean, if you're on the opposite end of that mercy rule. <laughs> Maybe Fair enough. But Locust Grove eliminated baseball and softball this year, so oh, yeah. they they got us on the diamond. I don't know what they're doing over there in Henry County. Uh, but didn't you, um, Jenna? Did you talk to Bowen at all about sort of how the team played after that loss? I did talk to Bowen after the game. We actually talked on the bus a little bit on the way back, and he had a lot to say about the fact that you know this team is pretty young. However, the team that came out to play on that on that field just was not ready to get going from minute one. And they never really got going until, you know, they were about to be eliminated and there were five minutes left on the clock and they realized, Oh wait, we're down one Oh. And so oh, wait, our his, season's about to end. Yeah. And here's that arena. All right. So talking about the game a little bit. Uh, we were low intensity, low energy, back foot, the whole game. Uh, not until we were, you know, 11 minutes away from elimination did we really push hard we, we started getting a little better as the game went on but we just it was not our best game it's very disappointing after last week speaking of last week what did change from last week to this week just our preparation our willingness to really battle and fight and push and drag and scratch and for whatever reason we just you know it's it's kind of like that with a young team sometimes you have your roller coaster moments you have your highs and you have your lows and we just picked a bad time to have a low but we didn't, we really didn't do anything that we did do well tonight. We didn't possess the ball. We didn't pass the ball. We didn't defend well. We, I mean, I, mean, I think it says it all when you get out shot like 12 to three and give up seven or eight corners and they finally score on a corner. I mean, you let them keep putting the ball in your box and eventually you're gonna get punished. And we got punished. And then, so who was like a person that you actually did see like giving their all or anything at any point in the game? Well, Darby Olive doesn't know how to play without giving her all. Um, Chloe Spradlin's always you know, emotionally engaged in the game. Um, I mean, it's not. It's like I told the girls afterwards. It's not. 
it's not any one player that messed up. It's not this one play. As a group, as a team, we did not play with the appropriate amount of intensity and drive. I mean, I think at the beginning, Carrollton wasn't sure what to think. And then when they figured out that we really weren't playing that hard, they just kept coming after us, kept coming after us, kept coming after us. And we just never really just, I mean, played hard. So that's... You know, that, that's on all of us. It's all on, on all 20. Nothing, I mean, nothing we can do about it now. We kept talking about all the time. That was kind of our rallying cry last week about, you know, if only, you know, don't 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 go to bed tonight thinking if only I'd played hard. Don't, if I'd only had done this, if I'd only done that. And that's exactly what's going to happen tonight. And sticking with a little bit of girls soccer right now. So we have this junior who has taken over the team a little bit. She has been the leader. She's been the incredible person on that team. So Chloe Spradlin is someone that I've talked to numerous times and someone who is incredible, incredible interviews and incredible on the field and off the field. And she's an incredible person. I feel like though, like reading some of your stories and like some of the stuff you quoted in, in your stories this year, Jenna, I, I, is like Chloe like reading – what uh, like the coach's guidebook to like great quotes when speaking with the media. Cause like well, she has given some really, I mean, just like these one, almost like if you have like a zinger in a quote, you know, or like a, in a, in an interview, like she's, I, I can't wait to see what kind of leader she is next year on the team. Cause I mean, just well, the way that she's sort of carried herself, the way that she's handled situations this year. And then the way she talks about it is just so impressive. Just so impressive. Well, we've plugged a lot of her interviews into Panther Pits because she is incredible at giving interviews. She is incredible at just talking. Should we give our interview MVPs <laughs> the best, maybe that's best a, interviewees? Maybe that's what the priorities yeah. are doing. Well, I'm like, trying to think of um, like the best people I've interviewed. And remember when Zach Pina still went here. Um, he was can, one, we, can we mention him on Panther Pit? <laughs> Can we not? Yes. I don't know. Okay, uh, carry on. Well, he's the only person I think ever really showed being excited about interviews. Ooh. He he was the only person who ever told me that he was looking forward to them. Mm-hmm. And he gave really good answers. And far on the football side, um, just the knowledge behind the game with Cole Gilly. A lot of his interviews were good. And then Coach Phillips, of course, is good. A lot of the coaches are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're getting used to talking to all you guys. The Phillips, all, all the Phillips are incredible. All the coaches are incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, basketball-wise, um, Jermaine had some good things to say. Julian Lynch was always very quotable. Mm-hmm. There's there's some good good interviewees out there. Maybe, maybe those are the ones who are like reading. You know, like I don't know. I don't know how I much you pay attention to like. I think it's the knowledge behind the game. That some of I mean, yeah. like pay attention to like girls lacrosse Twitter account or even Coach Bowen with girls soccer's Twitter account. Like they're always retweeting these coach these like coach quotes. You know about like teamwork and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, one of these days I'm going to read one. It's going to be Chloe Spradlin. Because well, I, you know, like Ansley just, Wallace is someone else I need to mention on Girls Across. Yeah. Very good interviews, and it's just people that have that knowledge behind the game. Because there's just people who get nervous about interviews mm-hmm. and they don't know what to say. And there's people who realize like this is the sport. I this play. is not the place for us to drop names about some of them that don't give the best interviews. I'm not. No, yeah, let's not, not do that. that. And then the, the good ones are the people who like they're like, well, this is my sport. This is what I do, and they don't get yeah. nervous. And then they really just process what you're asking, and they're like, oh yeah, I know the answer to that because this happened and this happened and this happened. And then it sounds like they're reading out of a guidebook, but really they just know their sport. Yeah, Chloe's were always just. I mean, and again, I, I really look forward to going back to girls soccer. Like I really look forward to her leadership next year, just because like she grasps sort of that, like mm-hmm. that team concept. And, and this is, I mean, 
she wasn't shy to talk about some of the stuff that that was the going on. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, no, you know, and, and I think that was so commendable for her. And I mean, it says a lot about her as you know as as a player and, and maturing, especially as a leader. So I mean, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see what she does. And and it's neat that both of you, you know, you've been around Stars Mill Sports for so long. Um, that you sort of can pick out, like, oh, this person well, has a good quote, or this one, or you know, these people. You know, like you said, Riley, you know, it's the the knowledge of the game that they have. I think that's that's just incredible. That's We're cool. going to be given names of people who give great interviews. I think we need to go back to my freshman year with girls soccer with Dylan Patterson, Riley Clark, and but again, look Ashlyn at like, and, well, and go go with like Riley. What Riley's saying. I mean, look at their careers. You yeah. know, like you said, they've been around the sport. They they they've grown up with the sport, and of course. We know what Dylan and Riley are, are both doing now. I mean, on the soccer field. So, yeah, that, that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Riley, you want to talk to us about another uh, season that unfortunately ended last Friday night? Um, boys lacrosse. Um, I would say this one isn't one that ended too soon. Um, they lost twelve um, seven, but they got to the elite eight this year. And was it Westminster that eliminated them? Yeah, Westminster. Westminster beat them 12-7. I think they lost to Westminster early in the year, too. But um, they got to the Elite Eight after, you know, these past few years, we would have these great regular season records and then be gone first or second round, even when we were playing at home because of the lack of the strength of schedule. So I know Coach Spitty, you know, really beefed up the schedule this year. That's why our record wasn't as pretty. But um, we ended up getting to the Elite Eight, you know, playing a close game. And, um, I mean, I think this is a success for the team. Um, there's a good number of juniors, but there was really a lot of underclassmen um, like Garrett Munich and Rhett Jones who really stepped up, and you can see that they have a clear role in the future, especially Garrett on the faceoffs. It's incredible what he can do. I don't really He just understand. committed to uh, to Mercer this week. For lacrosse? Yep. Going to play oh, nice. lacrosse down there at Mercer. Interesting. Yeah, yeah he um, – I think he still needs to fill out the rest of the game if he wants to, but, I mean, just what he brings to the team just as a faceoff specialist is insane. I mean, I don't – that's just something that's kind of in sports. Just weird to me that that's something that you can be so good at. Like getting the ball. Face-offs? Like I mean, just getting the offense going. Getting the ball is kind of important, Riley. No, but I mean, like it's just kind of. I feel like it's a random thing. Like I don't think I've ever heard of a lacrosse player who just dominates faceoffs in that fashion. I mean, in Whitewater, like the two games we played against him, I think we had like twenty-two total faceoffs, and he won like twenty of them. Like so, he's good. Yeah, okay. I just. I mean. I mean, I've been covering lacrosse all four years. I've never seen someone like that until this year. Just I well, know, I think it's just kind of I know, funny. To me. I know, like um, I know, y'all worked and and Becca Algazi helped put it together that that video talking about Garrett and and what he brings and interviewed Zellen and and Garrett and coach and just about being able to when you have a guy like Garrett just you know getting that offense running and, and moving downfield like right right from the start. I think yeah. it's impressive. It's impressive, but I, I don't know. Do you? Do, do college, I guess I guess I don't know. Maybe colleges do go out there and look for for these sort of. Yeah, I'm not the biggest know, expert on recruiting, uh, like lacrosse, lacrosse. L- recruiting, and like, do you look for that guy who gets the offense yeah. going, like Garrett or whatever? I mean, we've had though, like over the years, we've had some interesting athletes, you know, be recruited. I remember um, Patellis. Patellis was like what the number two long snapper in the country. <laughs> His junior and senior year, which again, like long snapper. I mean, that's one of those. Yeah, very, we had a kicker going to Minnesota. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, what, what, I well, and then we had, um, well, who was it? Like, what? Sam Martin, who plays for the Lions now. The one best corners in the NFL. Yeah, but he was a soccer player until his senior year. So, yeah, I always, um, like, I it makes sense to me to go get a kicker for soccer. I didn't realize that Michael Lance is a goalie. 
And it's like we got the kicker is the only guy on soccer that can use his hands. Right. To yeah. Kick the ball. Yeah. And it makes sense because goalies have to, you know, the free kicks and everything, they have to have a strong leg. But like yeah, I realized, get way down there. we went down to the soccer field and got the only guy that could use his hands to be our kicker. <laughs> and, uh, hey, man. And football, you use more of your hands than your feet anyway. Yeah. Unless you're a kicker. <laughs> then you only use your feet. <laughs> you're, kind of, you're kind of picked up to. But to uh, he's play. been, I mean, watching him kick is incredible. Mm-hmm. His leg is insane. But um, yeah, he's, he's a bit all right. It, but it is interesting. Like, like some of these, like, like these specialized kind of okay, you got you got a face off guy like Munich, you got you know, you've got a, a long snapper like we had in Patelis, you got another kicker you know who plays soccer. I mean, it's interesting to well, see sort of I don't think Stars Mill is really breeding like those hyper athletes that can, you know, go out and you know be the star center of your basketball team at six foot ten, two hundred and fifty pounds or anything. Like like Sandy Creek and Fayette County and some of those other schools. Griffin had a six eight women's mm-hmm. basketball player go to Cincinnati. You know, we got, we got a six two freshman on volleyball. Oh yeah, she's already going to Georgia. Tech. Yeah, she's already, yeah, she's already got tech looking at it. It's more common with Stars Mill to just have kind of those specialists, like fundamental wise, because a lot of times we don't have those insane athletes. Um, I mean, Jermaine transferred in, right? And uh, he's pretty athletic, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, there's been a story or two about him. Yeah. Okay. We brought up tech. I'm going to use that to transition to track and field because we've got a couple of our of our top runners going to tech next as year, well. They're next gonna be year, the Georgia Tech Stars, Mill Panthers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah at least at least. Well, actually, it's like Fayette County, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, I'll let you all if you want to talk a little bit about track and field, which was at state last Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Boys, this fifth. is a long list. Oh my goodness gracious. There were a lot of records broken too. Uh, were, well, but that's been sort on. of like the, the the tale of the whole season has just been, hey, here's a new school record. Oh wait, wait, next track meet. Here's another school record that just broke last week's school record. I mean, oh wait, we're not done. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> crazy. And then you go to state, and and like Riley was saying, boys finished fifth overall, girls seventh. Uh, I actually went down and talked with uh, Coach Walker because um, we got a couple of track player of the weeks this week and next week, and we were talking, and he said that 5A was so competitive this year that if we had been in 6A, I think he said our girls would have won the state championship in 6A. And they were 7th in 5A. Yeah, and they were 7th in 5A. But like 5A was just that good this year, which is, wow. which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. I mean, but, I don't think you can fault anyone for being a top 10 team in the state. No. When it comes to track, I mean, there's so many – there's so many individual events and the way it's scored and all that kind of stuff. Like Nick Nyman didn't win any of his events. He got second and most. Right? But he's, he scored second in the 3,200 and the 1,600. So even though Nyman didn't have an individual championship to his name, he still scored the most points out of anyone on, a, on our track mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. And again, when, did, when you second both, both events did, there. Did Fultz ever lose in the 800 this year? I think there was a week he didn't run it. Yeah, there. That was. When I, <laughs> I don't think that counts. Everyone was talking about this, and I went to one the Friday Night Lights, and Harrison didn't run. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'd have to do some digging. But to well, find he won out. state, so he won the one that mattered. Yeah, <laughs> he was the only individual state winner. That, that's uh, yes. Harrison Fultz, by the way, there in the eight hundred. Uh, and again, I, I think we saw this one coming. Sydney Blair on this list. I remember being at Friday Night Lights, and we we're watching. Um, I don't remember what the event was, you know, just one of those, um, I think it was the 300 meter hurdles. And so we see everyone lining up and we see 
Sydney Blair, someone we hadn't seen before, and we're like, oh, well, who is she? And, you know, they all start going, it all looks kind of close, and they come around this last turn, and she just bolts past everyone. And we were kind of standing there like, who is that? And she was flying, and now she kind of picked up a lot of, you know, steam at the end of the season as a freshman. And, uh, yeah, she broke his uh, known school record at State, ran 112.21. I don't know. Like, for a freshman female, is 12.21 fast? Because that, that's to me, like, to run, to run 100 meters in 12.21 to me just – I don't know. That, that, yeah, that just seems ridiculous. <laughs> I know she plays softball, so I'm sure the coach Williamson yeah. really appreciates her speed, especially the way he runs the offense in softball. But my goodness, bunt, like, get on base, steal everything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, well, we, we mentioned about, her in softball. Yeah, yeah, but I, I didn't, I didn't Stealing realize bases this with uh, Leah Dubin. Right? Well, and then you bring Speaking up Dubin. Of- like, <laughs> there's another Gosh. softball player who wants <laughs> again. Oh you go to a girls lacrosse game. Oh my gosh. She picks up a lacrosse ball on one side of the field. You blink and she's already at the other side of the field. She needs to I feel track. the same way when I watch Stars Mill softball. It's like, oh, wait, Flanders is on first. No, wait, wait now she's second, on where third. She, where's she at? Yeah, it's crazy. That's kind of the strategy. So you get like Flanders and Dubin at the top of the lineup. They get on base and you got Ashmore come up and she hits them in. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're already on second and third by the time she gets them to the, to the plate to hit. Yeah. Seems to work. Dubin, yeah, Dubin, Dubin did set a new school record in the 300-meter hurdles on Friday. She, she turned around from on softball. Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, she turns no, around on Saturday, up. breaks the record again. Finishes <laughs> fourth, fourth overall. But, that, I mean, that wasn't Dubin only, like, her only school record because in the 4 by 100 and that's mm-hmm. Leah Dubin, Bree St. Julian, uh, Tara Davis, and Sydney Blair, they set a new school record as well in that event, finishing eighth overall. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And like you guys mentioned, yeah, Dubin – and we brought that up in um, – I think it was Ben who asked. Was it Ben Riley? One of you in that hundredth coach's corner asked, "Hey, do you, do you feel any guilt to, to coach me, Riley?" Okay, okay Riley he asked said, that. "No." Yeah, like, do you feel any guilt when you steal someone like Dubin, who you know, who was softball, 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 and then junior and senior year is all about track? Uh, I don't know. Did we even talk Dubin like much about track last year in Dubin? I know she was running the the, the three hundred hurdles last year. I don't think so. I don't remember saying much about her last year. Yeah, but uh, she was a, a softball commit, and now she's going to Alabama to run. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I would that's go right. to Alabama to run if I could go to Alabama to run. Yeah, I don't know if her softball commit was anywhere as big as Alabama, but um, it was Young Harris. Young Harris. Yeah, yeah. it was Young Harris. So not SEC. No. Um, no. Which I mean, you can't fault her for going to an SEC school to. Your track and field, that's um, I can't fault it for going to any D1 school to run track and field. <laughs> to do any sport. Well, I mean, that puts – okay, so that <laughs> puts Duman at Alabama. That puts uh, Nyman and Fultz at, at Tech. I mean, that, that's a good um, group there. Did we say Ty Dubin at Citadel? No. We'll but mention then, Ty Dubin at yeah, Citadel as well. Mitchell Harris, who I was just talking to, is considering Oregon among other big schools. So, Considering. And Mitchell Harris. Finished fifth overall in the 400, but broke his own school record uh, at Regions. That was like I was I was at that um, when Mitchell broke his own school record. Like he had broken it the week before, and then at the Region competition breaks it again. I don't I don't know that I have seen a level of excitement out of an individual athlete as what Mitchell put on right after he broke the record again. And I want to say it was like. 48.29 seconds or something like it was ridiculous he didn't quite run the 400 that fast at state and again he was fifth overall but i mean yeah you, you've got an incredible group um i was talking with like i was 
I was keeping track of the Stars Mill and the, the track and field Twitter over the weekend while they were at State, um, since we didn't have anyone go up there and cover it. But uh, I was talking with Chris Dunn from the, the Fayette paper. And I was like, this, this Zach Jager guy who, who beat Nyman both in the, in the 1600 and 3200, I was like, I felt like I had read something somewhere that he was going to tech as well. And Chris Dunn and I got to talking and there are four runners from 5A all going to Georgia Tech. They're all roommates. It is Nyman and Foltz from Stars Mill, Zach Jager from McIntosh, and then there's a, a Marist runner as well that was at the top of the charts. Not only are they all rooming together at Tech, but they're all running for Tech as well. Like That is a fast room of guys right there. I mean, that is incredible <laughs> to me. Tech might have themselves a nice... Little season run next yeah. year. <laughs> we'll see. We'll have to keep track. Of, you know, I guess I'll put that on Ben uh, to but, keep track uh, of what they do next year. You mentioned Harris um, at State, the 400 being a little slower than usual. In the interview I have, there's an explanation why I thought that was kind of funny. You want to go ahead and plug that interview now? Yeah, we can just listen to the interview. It's it's not too long of an interview. I just think it's a funny interview. So a lot of the meets, you know, you were setting personal records and you just keep breaking them over and over because you can just talk to me. I think you did at Regions. Regions. Broke yeah. your own record. Can you talk to me about that? Um, well, I think a lot of it has to do with mental things. And I think that the coaches, they really kind of would talk me up and they would really help me kind of believe in myself. And I think as I really started to believe in myself, I started to do, to do better. <laughs> and I think that the coaches, with their conditioning, they always, it was always some tough workouts. So my body was ready, but my mind wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, um, the coaches would take me aside and they were like, today's the day, you're going to break the record. Mm -hmm. You just got to believe in yourself. And if you do believe in yourself, you're going to do it. And at some point I started just to believe in it. Mm -hmm. And once I started believing it, I started running a lot better. Yeah. Were there any other, like aside from coaches, were there any other members on the team that kind of helped you with that or in, helped you in any other way? Um, I think that the seniors, the senior class, and uh, my girlfriend really helped me a lot. I, th I think notable few would be Jalen Lazenby. He he definitely always, when I was kind of not ready to do a race, he would help me. And he would always kind of push me. And I think uh, Harrison Fulton, Nick Nyman, and the 4x4 team, whenever I was like, I'm not feeling it today, they'd be like, yes, you are. You're the anchor. You're the last one. You got to take it home. And uh, before every meet, my girlfriend, Mary, would always like text me and be like, hey, I believe in you so much. You're going to do amazing. And, it was just a lot of positivity in my life that really helped me. Can you talk to me about your performance at State? Um, State was um, a little weird because the first day I woke up and I had pizza the night before. <laughs> I did not feel good. And so I went there and I ran. And I didn't run the best. I ran like a, I got I think fifth in like the, um, my race. And I barely got into finals. I got eighth and you have to get top eight to get into finals. And uh, so I was a little disappointed, but I knew that I had to do better the next day. And so I drank, I ate better. And the next day I showed up and I was in the worst lane. It was raining. And I was like, oh, well, I'm here. I might as well just run as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I got fifth overall and I ran a 48.6. What are your plans for next year as far as running? Um, that's kind of a complicated question. I was <laughs> going to go to Oregon, but uh, once I hit 48, some other coaches started to call me and stuff like that and so I'm not really sure right now where I'm gonna go there's a lot of different options and big choices that I'm gonna mm -hmm. have to make I'm gonna have to think about for 
bit. Coming back, you want to you want to talk? Um, probably want, a couple of couple of like you know we were talking um, youth on some of the other programs. I know we talked youth as far as like baseball, girls soccer, mm-hmm. not having a lot of seniors. There there's some interesting names, at least for me, like on this list. When you talk about like sophomores and juniors who had some great performances, I know like Allie Walker in the in the girls eight hundred meter sophomore. I should probably mention sophomore Allie Walker finishes third in the state. Um, I have I have uh, sophomore Joseph Rampy in my English class, and he finished eleventh in shot put. But he's like, if you look at the other names on the list above me, they're all seniors. Not a bad showing from a sophomore at state. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know so, we, but that means they'll be gone next year. So if he goes back there, then that, that was kind of my thought. I was yeah, like, well, then you don't really have an excuse not to win it next year. Um, <laughs> Julia Colson, I know we've talked about her a lot. She was player of the week earlier in the year. Coach Walker's talked a lot about her, you know, pushing that, trying to get to that 12 foot mark. I think she came up a little bit short, but still finished second. I don't know. Did you guys look at the, the numbers, the, the girls pole vaulting number, the, the difference between who won state and Julia in second? It was like a two foot difference. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy the difference there. Like, I don't, I don't know what that that girl was doing that that beat Julie. I don't even remember what school she was from, but it was it was crazy. Solkowski um, finished fourth in the girls. Um, then Joseph the Solkowski. Other Solkowski. Uh, yeah. Um, One of the many. Yes, according to Jenna, there's a number of the Solkowskis there. Two of them seem to be decent at pole vaulting. I don't know what it is, but Joseph <laughs> finished eighth in the boys, which is kind of cool. Um, about the only one that kind of shocked me at all out of, out of all of these was um, our four by 400 boys relay um, didn't advance out of prelims. And again, that maybe that's a testament to just how close it was. They finished 10th overall based on the timesheets, but I was really surprised by that one because that was a group that we sort of had our eye on. Is that Nyman, Fultz, Dubin, and Harris? I don't think it's Nyman because Nyman focuses on the more distance, 1,600, 3,200. But I think Harris is in that, doesn't it? I think mm-hmm. Harris is on there. Dubin? I think – is it Dubin? Uh, I think – is it Jalen Lazenby is on there as well? Yeah, Lazenby. I think Lazenby's on there too. Um, and that was the one that had Rhett Perry mm-hmm. on it. But I know Rhett was injured earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen his name on a lot of the timesheets recently. I think he maybe He had to stop it. for – West Point. Okay, well that makes sense. Him going to West Point, but yeah. Do we want to? I think uh, I think one of the other things probably go back. Um, ben Barkley stopped uh, Sydney Blair yesterday and talked with her a little bit about the state performance. So before we move on from track, because that was a, that was a lot of lot of track talk. <laughs> uh, before we move on from track, we should probably. Uh, play that interview there from Sydney. My performance at State, I felt really good about. It was fun to see all of our hard work from the whole season pay off um, and finally be able to make it count. So what do you, how are you feeling about next season? What do you guys have to improve on in order to up your standings in State? Um, next season, we definitely have a lot of seniors leaving, so it's going to be tough, but I think we're just going to have to train hard, especially the younger kids, and really try and train them to be good. All right, and moving on to the next sport, we have boys soccer who are actually playing tonight as we record this at seven o'clock against Johnson. They beat them in the uh, sorry, Johnson beat us in the final four last year. Do you remember the score of that? I do not remember the score off the top of my head. All right, however, I feel like it was close. Yeah, I know. Part of me wants to say like maybe close. like overtime or PKs or something. Uh, Johnson went on to win the state championship. I know that. Like, Johnson is the defending state champion in 5A. Um, Which just means we have a little bit of namesake. I like, to make. Yeah, I like those revenge games. And it's at yeah. home. 
this is guaranteed to be Coach Haney's last home game, not of the season, not only of the season, but of his entire career. Um, on the other side of the bracket, and and I don't know, like Jenna, you, you've watched more soccer, Stars Mill soccer than I have. Whitewater continues to sort of mm-hmm. surprise me on both sides, boys and girls. But on the other side of the boys bracket is Whitewater and McIntosh mm-hmm. at McIntosh tonight. Um, so, I mean. Shout out to Faye County. Yeah, three of the four yeah, Final exactly. Four. And, is I mean, that how it was in girls last year? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was yes. us. So Fayette County Whitewater plays soccer, and we right. typically play it well. And Fayette County High School nearly, I think they only lost to Johnson like 2-1. Yeah, it was a close game. Yeah, so I mean, Hall Fayette County bracket. That'd be cool. That would have been oh, that incredible. Stars Mill Fayette County McIntosh Whitewater. That would have been so There's fun. Something going on in our region when it comes to soccer. But yeah. I know um, Ben Barkley is going to cover that one. Uh, Annika Pepper is going to be taking the photos and all that. So we'll we'll get that story posted by the end of the week. There, hopefully, we'll have one more after that. Still a little bitter. Yeah, well. But for Haney, like, uh, you know, I was talking to Luke Bennett. Luke Bennett's on staff. He plays defense for for the boys' soccer team. I was talking to him. I was like, how cool would it be? You know, it's Coach Haney's last season. You know, like, he, how cool to, to, to see a Stars Mill McIntosh state championship game oh, and Haney's he last one. Like, how cool is that? I was listening. I have a – there's, like, a group of soccer guys in my fourth period, and they were talking about it today, and they said they'd rather play Whitewater, but they'd rather beat McIntosh. That's a cool that way of saying sense. that. So I think they're like, they know McIntosh will be a tougher game, and so they prefer to play Whitewater, but if they're going to win the state championship, they, they want it to be McIntosh. beating McIntosh. Well, I mean, you look at how close that that McIntosh game was during the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know, 1-0, and it was Noah Pavel, who, the difference maker in that one. I mean, it would... And girls lacrosse is in the exact same situation, because on the is other that, side, Is that your transition? Well, no, we can go back and play soccer, but I'm just kind of saying, like, on the opposite side of the bracket is McIntosh and Blessed Trinity. And, you know, we beat McIntosh 17-1. So if you want to be guaranteed a state championship, you'd be fine with playing McIntosh, but they want to get that revenge against Blessed, get revenge against Blessed Trinity. And so... Mm-hmm. Well, what, Blessed up. Trinity's won the state championship. Is it, was uh, last year three years ago? I think last year was three and they're going for four. Yeah. So that means that there was a freshman on that championship team. They, they're going for a state championship all four years. How cool school. would that be? Like, it's not going to work. No, we're going to win. When we're talking newspaper. Like, how cool would it be to write that story? That like, you're you're that one or, or two players who you won a state championship. What about writing the story about ruining that for them? Fair That's enough. What I'm that would be a good story enough. too. So, in other words, you're telling me that if uh, I mean we're talking girls lacrosse, they play tomorrow night um, home. Riley's going to be covering that one. Pictures by Shelby Foster. Um, but like maybe you know, should we win tomorrow night? Should Blessed Trinity beat Macintosh and we end up playing Blessed Trinity again this weekend for a state championship? Maybe Riley, you need to pull up their roster and hunt down those those couple of players who are on Blessed Trinity and you know talk to them. Maybe pregame and maybe get in their heads a little bit and then postgame oh. after we beat them. Right? Yeah. That'd, hey, that'd hey, cool. how does it feel now? <laughs> that would be cool. But I mean. And, and, I mean, we're already talking girls lacrosse. You know, I, I, in the postseason, they're averaging 20 goals a game. In the postseason. Yeah. So this, this is the postseason. We have some girls that are good at scoring. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, no, Ryan King, um, she's always kind of been one of our most consistent goal scorers. Mm-hmm. She is kind of just bigger and faster than everyone out there. And so she kind of just wins the face off, scoops up the ball, runs past everyone and scores. And people don't have a lot of answers. She does have some nice spin moves and stuff, but really she can kind of just straight line go in and score. But um, the biggest difference maker this year, I think, well, there's two. Emma Grace Hepler is a freshman 
who joined the team, and she's really stepped up. She was kind of a huge catalyst in um, overcoming that bad start against Wesleyan. But Ansley Wallace, we lost to injury last year. I think she scored almost 20 herself in the postseason, somewhere around there. It might even be more. But I think she had a game with seven, and the last game she had, you know, five or six. And then Ansley a senior this year? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, but out pretty much all last season with the with the leg injury, the knee injury, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, she that's a stand, cool comeback story. Staying on the sideline for the entire postseason run to the state championship when it wasn't as expected because we weren't supposed to be there last year. We made that crazy run, and she had to watch the whole thing from the sideline, including us losing in the state championship. And she's come back with a fire. And I think despite not playing last season, I think she wants revenge against Blessed Trinity more than anyone. Because, I mean, she's out there, and I would she's love everywhere. to see – I mean, you're talking Wallace, you know. I was at that state championship game last year as well. I would love to see a fully healthy girls lacrosse team in a state championship. Like that to me would just be. We're not fully. Anna Beardsley, who's actually a very key player, has been injured all year. So we're not even fully healthy. Um, I don't know. She should just take that boot off her foot. She'd be fine, right? She was walking around before the last game without it on. Um, I still think Saturday might be too soon. Maybe we can. And Beardsley's only a junior. I mean. You know, maybe, maybe. But definitely a key contributor, so we won't be fully healthy. Um, thanks for thanks for ruining that for me. I I just remembered. I'm just saying. Yeah, um, I forgot. Yeah, I saw her earlier with that too. I don't know. Like they've got something figured out. You know, I remember again. I'm going to go back to that hundredth coaches corner that we did that that spring sports press conference. You know, where Coach Layman was talking. You know, just uh, you follow their their Twitter account. You see sort of what um, Coach King and Coach Beardsley are doing as well. Uh, just that whole like big team little me mentality that they have going on. I mean, you know, we talked earlier about like Chloe Spradlin and being a leader and and some of those things. Um, that to me, like, it, and I don't know if it, it's if it's a layman thing or I know I know Riley, you've talked to, to Coach Layman quite a bit. I don't know if that's something that she's brought to the team or just that has developed over the last few years on that team. But but that whole true team mentality seems to be just paying off I big will, time for them. I will say it. I don't think there's a closer-knit athletics team at the school than the girls lacrosse team. I don't think there's anyone who's closer as a group than that team, and I think that's part of what makes them so good is, I mean, they don't – they all – and when I talk to Miss Lehman, they all hold everyone accountable, um, you know, and they talk through everything. I think Miss Lehman said after each game, they sit down and discuss how – well, they executed being team players. Like they were like, did we play as a team this game? And they evaluated after every game and they talk, you know, hey, you know, I want to make, you know, I tried to make this cut. You didn't see me this time. Look for it next game or next game I'm going to try this. And they just sit down and evaluate everything about the game they just played so they can improve about just the teamwork aspect in the next game. That's cool. That's impressive. Yeah. And I remember one of the, like, you know, things that I remember the most clearly from the state championship game last year is walking back into the locker room and just seeing the whiteboard covered and all their sayings and all the little notes they've written to each other. I mean, it's just a very close-knit group. And, I mean, and now this year, just the skill throughout the roster is incredible because, I mean, if I, being a basketball nerd, can make an analogy real quick, is, you know, the Houston Rockets, their downfall was having one guy that they could go to for points, and they it wasn't enough. But this year – we have a bad start against Wesleyan, and it's not like, oh, Ryan's a little off. We don't have any offense. Is Emma Grace Hepler comes in and, you know, scores a couple goals. Mm-hmm. Maddie Cross goes and scores. And now you're like, oh, shoot, we have to pay attention to these guys too. The whole field opens up, and then King and Wallace just rain in goals. And Wesleyan couldn't keep up. Was that a, was that a King pun with rain again? <laughs> 
Speaking of headlines. And it was raining at the game. Yeah, fair enough. No, but, but, and I think that's what's really cool. Like, you've mentioned her a couple times, Emma Grace Hepler, freshman Emma Grace Hepler. And yeah, you know, we're, we're going to lose Wallace. We're going to lose a few other of those, you know, Angelo being another one uh, that we're going to lose to graduation. But to already have that that pipeline, that that feeder pattern sort of, of like Hepler's a freshman and, and you're already like, she's already in the newspaper stories um, and it's postseason. Like how often do you have a freshman who steps up postseason to, you know, and I mean, that, that, that's cool. You know, I look yeah. at, girls and soccer. I think, well, and I was going to bring it back to girls soccer. I mean, Jenna's sitting here. We got to go back to girls soccer. Um, like, you know, over the years we've talked, okay, you've got like Riley and Dylan, who you mentioned, you know, obviously we, and we Lauren. You, can, can you, and, and Lauren again, can, but you know, and, but it always, okay, but the last few years, well, the last two years especially, I mean, think of how many different, you know, yeah, you've got your Sarah Evans, you've got your, your, your Varmiziar, and like Quite all no of those, idea. but like it seems like there's, there's a much deeper talent pool on that mm-hmm. team where, where again, you're talking, okay, you know, in, in girls lacrosse, all right, you've got, okay, you know, King is going to be out there running crazy. You know, Walsh is going to be running crazy. But now when, when coach pulls in a, in a freshman like Hepler, oh wait, now I got to watch out for her too. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you don't know where it's going to come from. You yeah. know, and I think girls soccer is getting to that place. You know, um, I know those couple of years where, where boys lacrosse was just dominant. Of course, some of it could have been scheduled, but you had that same situation where when you have so many threats. Ethan Sack, Evan Torres, Braden Jinx. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a good group. That was a good group. <laughs> uh, you know, that trifecta there that they had. And I mean, girls lacrosse, they've got something figured out. I mean, they've got definitely got something figured yeah. out. Um, I was just looking. Emma Grace Hebler, like I mentioned, in the Western game, we started off slow, and the first half was super close for most of it. And she had a hat trick in the first half. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, freshman. Postseason, yes, Patrick. but imagine elite eight game. She's scoring Patrick three to four half. goals a game, and being the third leading scorer because Wallace and King. Well, wasn't it, I was trying to keep up. One of the games you were like tweeting or, or you were messaging me or whatever. Who who recently had like six or seven goals? Ansley in the game? Wallace. Was that Wallace? Yeah, postseason, had, right? Yeah, seven goals. Was the it? other team had seven goals, and so did Ansley. That's crazy. <laughs> Just crazy. I mean, but well, what she does is she kind of she's always kind of staying on the sideline. When we're running out on fast breaks, and she kind of sneaks behind everyone, and then Ryan comes screaming down the field, and everyone focuses on her. No one sees Ansley back there. She catches it and drops it in, and I mean, it's just. <laughs> and then it works. It's just, I mean, whenever you have Hepler coming down, you know, the right side, you got King coming down in the middle, and then you got Walsh on the other side. Maddie Cross is, you know, a rare, you know, lefty. Whenever she's shooting, you know, you got all these guys coming down. You have no clue what to expect because they're all great shooters. They're all great passers. And you don't know how to prepare for it. And you're like, uh, and all of a sudden someone's scoring. And Are you trying to convince us to come out tomorrow night and watch them? Is that go watch them. It's gonna, you... I mean, it's Final Four. And, I mean, I think that, I mean, there's only one mutual opponent that us and Fellowship Christian had, and it was Holy Innocence. And I think they beat them by four or five. And we, at one point, were up 15 to two. <laughs> so if that's, you know, any indicator on anything, which I mean, that's not the best way to go about it. But, I mean, we could be in the Final Four and be dominating. And I think that can just go to show how good this team is. So are you expecting to keep that that 20-goal average? I think they get to – well, if they don't get to 20, I think that we'll still be allowing around 0 to 3. I don't think it'll be like the past couple with 7 and 11. So if we don't score as much, I still am thinking, you know, maybe 12, 13 to 1 or 2. Um and that's one thing that I've noticed is there's a lot of teams. Is like, that your prediction you're taking to Vegas? Like that's your yep. you're, you're going to bet that line. <laughs> um, 
But like Wesleyan, they weren't the best defensive team. They just had a lot of fast midfielders and um, attack. They've just, always been high-powered offense. Yeah, they and they're very offensive. And that's kind of the case with a lot of teams. And what makes us unique is – Isn't that the way lacrosse works, though, just score more goals than they do? Isn't that the way wow, every sport you works? you should coach. <laughs> I mean, isn't that – I mean, like – But um, – If you're scoring, they're not. But – it's just how aggressive we are on defense. I don't see from a lot of other schools. I mean, we are going after the ball constantly. And that's the thing is we have those like three that I keep mentioning that have really good stick skills and like Alyssa Angelo, but the girls who the younger, especially freshmen and sophomores who aren't as skilled, they have all the hustle in the world. And so even if they're not going to go down the field with the ball, you know, juke out three defenders, make some spin move into a fancy goal. Whenever they get down to the other end of the field, they're going to be hounding you for the ball because I mean, they, that's just this team, I feel, wants it more than anybody else does. Just the fire that the team plays with is just incredible. You have an interview from Lehman that talks about that at all? Yeah, I do, actually. Talking, you know, kind of talks about just like what makes this team different, what makes us dangerous. Cool, let's listen to that. So first off, can you just talk to me about, you know, the team's playoff run so far getting to the Final Four? Um, well, it's, it's obviously going very well. Um, I like the fact that, you know, we have been able to handle the teams fairly comfortably, you know. Um, I know other than Wesleyan with the start on that game, um, once they made some adjustments. But being able to end the game with some comfort and realizing that, you know, they, they've got it is um, feeling good. Um, you know, but we don't approach the games that way when we walk in. Um, and uh, so that's how we're going to approach the fellowship game. Fellowship Christian is – you know, basically, we actually just walk in there almost with the mental attitude that, you know, we're down by so many points, two or three points, and what are we going to do to dig our way out of it before we even get started? Mm-hmm. And I think it motivates them to um, be more aggressive on the ball. So. Mm-hmm. How have you helped balance kind of being confident but also not overlooking anyone? Um, it's been a challenge, no doubt, um, because – the competitive is not competitiveness. Competitiveness. <laughs> you guys are coming out right. Competitiveness has not been there, um, other than the the non-area games that we've played, which I you know purposely did that. But um, yeah, it definitely it definitely makes it a challenge um, when some of the teams you're playing are not as competitive as you are. Maybe have not developed into the program that you have at this point. Um, but we do a lot of um, situational play in our practices, which is great because we do 7v7s with our own girls. And obviously with the talent we have across all areas of the field, it helps for them to hold each other accountable. Like our mm-hmm. defenders, they hold uh, the offensive players accountable in the practices and they, they don't hold up. I mean, they, they treat them as if they were actual opponents on a field. So mm-hmm. um, I think that helps a lot. For us to not get too overly confident before we walk in, um, we try to only look at one game at, at a time. Um, you know, we don't want to look beyond Fellowship Christian, Christian right now. We just got to make it through tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just got to survive this next game um, because we're not guaranteed one after that. So, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, just with tomorrow's game and just the future, you know, what – Kind of what makes this team different and makes you guys dangerous to anyone you play? Um, I think what makes our team dangerous right now is the fact, the way our girls communicate with each other. It's almost like 
words don't have to be spoken on the field. They give each other looks. They just have that comfort zone where they know that their teammates going to be where they need to be, when they need to be there. Um, everybody has confidence in everyone else, which makes a huge difference. Nobody goes out there feeling like I'm going to have to take over because you know we have a weak link or whatever the case may be over here. That's not the case for us. We fully believe that everybody that's out there is capable of doing their job and we have faith in it. And when they do face adversity or they run into a mistake, um, nobody holds you down. It's, we've all made mistakes. Every one of them out there, you know, is willing to accept that and they pick each other up and they say, I got you back. And that's how we, we get through it. All right. I guess we can, um, we've talked enough about girls across. I kind of went on a little tangent there, but, uh, we'll move into golf. Um, uh, they've had some time off, but they'll finish up next Monday and Tuesday at state. And I think they're both going for a three P back to back to back. Um, and, you know, we talked about in that 100 coaches, 100 coaches corner that, uh, just kind of asking coach Waller who asked the question, but just kind of, how do you stay at the top? Like we have. And, um, I mean, he kind of just said that we got some good golf players here that start young. Um, but, uh, he knows that we could be the first team to three-peat state championships, and that's just incredible. Um, I know he mentioned like that it's never happened in school history. We'd have to go back and look up if that's ever happened in county history. Uh, talking about pretty old county here in Fayette County, we were looking up Fayette County High School and how it opened, I think, in 1929. Um, so, I mean, in 90 were there years. Were dinosaurs around then? What's that? Are there dinosaurs around I don't think, I don't know, not quite. The, the roads were definitely dirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, in 90 years of history to think that there's never been a, a three-peat in, in either of the golf um, golf teams there, the chance that, that we might, which is good, uh, which is really good because when you take a look at, at Director's Cup, um, we're, we're going to need three state championships. That's 300 points. Well, that would be huge. Isn't it 100 points to state championship? I, I have no idea how it's calculated. I think 100 points to state championship, boys, soccer, girls, across and golf. You're throwing out girls lacrosse there again, I see. <laughs> I thought we were done talking about that. But, yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, again, <laughs> At least you put in soccer. Especially, and golf. <laughs> right, exactly. But, we're already um, talking golf. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just pulled up the Director's Cup. You know, Buford. Overall, Buford's got us by about 130 right now. Um, but, like you guys have been saying, you know, we've still got boys soccer playing. I don't. I know on, on the lacrosse yeah, side, I don't think Buford playing. has anything going. Um, really? Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> Golf, you know, golf should help us out quite a bit. Um, our boys actually felt a third. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Carrollton. Buford, Carrollton, and then us. Uh, girls looks good. You know, Buford, Stars Mill, then McIntosh. I mean, Carrollton's got some some decent stuff. And, of course, their, their soccer team's playing tonight. McIntosh? Girls? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, McIntosh, McIntosh girls. girls. And... Um... That's going to be a very interesting game considering we beat Carrollton in the regular season, lost to McIntosh in the regular season, were beat by Carrollton in postseason, and now Carrollton and McIntosh are playing. Yeah, that, 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 that's an interesting, interesting matchup. It's Whitewater. I can't remember who Whitewater plays on the other side of that bracket in the girls' side. I had it in my story, uh, yeah, I don't remember who it is, but that, that's that's again you could you could have there on, on the girls mm-hmm. soccer side an all Fayette County uh, championship game as well, which is, which is cool. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see how Directors Cup shakes out. Um, 
We've won it overall three of the last four years, which says something. Um, so we'll see. Of course, Buford. Uh, I don't know what they're doing down there in Buford, but they have like a gymnastics. Yeah, I was gonna say they're kind they of like gymnastics. Archery. Sports. Yeah, archery. I think is one. Do they have like rivalry? Have rivalry too? Yes, rivalry. I mean, those and are... gymnastics. What I have a hockey team too in the middle of Georgia. I, I think they have a like a, an Olympic curling team. If I'm not wrong. <laughs> Olympic. Yeah, they've they've got all sorts of stuff. <laughs> There's an there. Olympic lineup of like you know Germany, Canada, Buford. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, their own their own country. They're there. A college, I don't know. Man. Pretty much, <laughs> they've got it figured out. But yeah, mm-hmm. man, that's that's a lot of stars. Most Fayette County could help us out in boys basketball. Beat yeah, for the state championship, but nope. Yeah, that was that, that was this year, wasn't it? Yeah, and it seems like so long ago. I didn't even think Fayette County didn't even win the region. Jonesboro made them look horrible, and then Jonesboro got bounced early. Fayette County won the state championship. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I was you at that region know. championship game. Jonesboro slaughtered them. And then I think first or second round, Jonesboro was gone. <laughs> of course, some of it, I mean, we've depends talked about it over the years. Yeah, it, it depends on how the bracket all shakes out. And yeah. everything. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess we should probably get close to, to, to wrapping this up. Of course, we got we got Ben Barkley here with us. I mean, he's been so talkative. We really saved him for, for deep in the episode there. Ben, taking over sports, man. You're, you're following – you're following in the footsteps of Jenna and Riley, who followed in the footsteps of, of Jack and Dylan. Um, you so, got to do it alone. Ben is our only myself. returning sports writer next year. We, we're we're going to have a couple new recruits for sure. We'll see if we can't get some if of they the, don't quit. the young intro kids. I don't think these these two will. Uh, we'll see if we can't get some of the other young intro kids to write sports. But, Ben, any anything you want to say before I let – Jenna and Riley close out their last Panther pit. Uh, look for next year because these two may be leaving, but sports don't leave for sure. Um, you two, you're going to do great at Mercer. You're going to do great at Mizzou. Oh, and, thanks, um, ben. thanks, Ben. Come and visit, and thank you. Cool. Wise words there from Ben Barkley. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, yes, Jenna Sanders carrying on her – her career, her academic career at Mercer, starting next fall, Riley's decided that not only is he going to leave Stars Mill, but he's going to leave the state. Go back home. Yeah, do you consider Missouri home, right? Is that, yes. is that yeah. as you're wearing your Mizzou Tiger shirt today? Go back home. M-I-Z, um, all yeah, day. Something like that. Riley's going to go and I don't know, maybe do some writing or something up at, up at Mizzou. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe after your junior year. Yeah, she can start. <laughs> right. Hey, exactly. Number one journalism school in the country. I'm not questioning how they're running it. You're just going to go up there and change how they do things. That's cool. No, no, that's different. That's the school newspaper that's not related to it. Oh, okay. That needs some work. Sports department there. But, uh, okay, yeah, this is, this is the last joking. last Panther pit for, for these two. Uh, our last Panther pit of the school year. But, uh, Jenna, any anything you want to say in your, your last Panther pit? Well, it's been a long four years. You say that like, like it's a bad thing. Well... Well, we'll talk about my first story again. <laughs> um, but I'm not really that worried about sports next year with Ben taking over. And I know I've talked to Ben about it multiple times. And I've just said, like, how I really see that the sports farm is going to be in good hands. And I have a good feeling that, you know, with how young all the teams are, that you are going to have a lot to cover next year. And you're going to have a lot that – you can do, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how everything goes. And Riley and I will have to at least come visit once, mm-hmm. make sure everything. Jenna's going to be a little closer. 
I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll come down at some point. Probably come watch a girls lacrosse game. <laughs> there you go. I, I, t- I promise Chloe's Bradley that if you don't cover girls soccer well enough, I'm going to come back and do it myself. <laughs> so that's a threat. Just warning okay. you. I have that on recording. <laughs> oh, oh i she has it on via text so awesome. she <laughs> i told her that so if you guys aren't doing it i will be no here. i think if everyone's turning out stories like bennett's sports department will be fine if everyone's turning out story stories like the uh excuse me if everyone's turning out stories like ben we're gonna have a sports paper and a newspaper <laughs> <laughs> yeah ben i mean he may be the only sports writer we had to that wasn't a senior, but he might have been the best with time management, if Oh yeah. being honest. Okay, I think that comes with the fact that he's not a senior. <laughs> <laughs> that might have to be part of it. No um, comment. You can only count on Ben by the next day, though. So, I think, you no, know. No, you can count on Ben by the next hour and a half. <laughs> if, if he can get the sports department doing that next year, then um, we'll be fine. Yeah. I'm very proud of Ben for how far he's come. Mm-hmm. Oh, I asked you for closing statements for yourself, not for Ben. But we can oh, sit here and brag about Ben some more if you want. <laughs> ben. Uh, ben doesn't seem to mind all that much. Uh, he's he's not interrupting and stopping. But uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. Jen, anything? Any other things there in your your last one? I don't know. I do coach's corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the plan this year. I I. I did Coach's Corner with Ben and Ty, and Riley did Panther Pit. Panther Pit with the other one, and that didn't happen at all. And we had some scheduling errors and <laughs> a lot of scheduling errors. Some days we were fun it. in that room. Some days were fun. Yeah, some days were fun. Some days we were screaming trying to figure out what oh, weekly yeah. stories we were going to do. It's a lot to keep up with. That's what the fun does. It's a lot to keep up uh, with. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jack and Dylan, for starting Panther Pit. Yeah. That on and us. Coach's Corner. Jeez, <laughs> Thanks I mean, to Monahan and Farmers Insurance for keeping us busy with Player of the Week every week. <laughs> uh, this sounds like a thank you to our sponsors. This section of Pit is sponsored by Jack and Dylan. <laughs> That's right. Riley, anything anything there to close this out? I mean, this, this episode's getting um, pretty long. Yeah, I've... I mean, I've done more Panther Pits. Um, I mean, I, I think it's fun getting to talk to all the players and coaches that we have. Um... Shout out to John Webb from last year. Those Panther Pits were always fun. Um, but I'm going to miss 703. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, you know, you know, getting around, you know, 3 o'clock every day and I'm not going to be coming here anymore. You know, it's going to be kind of sad. This is kind of where I kind of found myself throughout high school, you know, aside from that bad freshman year, you know. If I ever had anything, that, you know, I think just the sense of being able to put out something, you know, so often that you're proud to put your name on. Is um, it's just a good feeling. It's been really cool. Like, you know, the whole reason why I wanted to do this last Panther Pit with especially the two of you is like, this is my fourth year as advisor. This is y'all's fourth year. I mean, we collectively. You add Valen as well, Valen Yeager. You add Avery uh, Hausman, who joined us the, the second semester of her freshman year. And I mean, like, the Prowler was basically built by the five of us. I mean, rebuilt by the mm-hmm. five of us, which I think is, is so cool. It's such a testament. I mean, you know, I'm sitting across the table from essentially, I haven't ran the numbers, but I think essentially 300 stories roughly between the two of you. <laughs> I mean, that, that's crazy. I mean, to think like in a high school career of four years, I think the, the two of you collectively for the Prowler have written 
if not 300, pretty close to 300 stories. That's more than we wrote the first And I year. think one thing. Yeah, that's more than the Prowler put out <laughs> your freshman year total. I think one Speaking thing. Speaking of, you want to talk um, about that 299 and the one story we came up? Never mind. Just, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I think there was a basketball story. Actually, there were two basketball stories that was supposed to be written. Hey, I was trying to be nice, and you cut me off, and you're being mean. <laughs> um, I think one thing that we should, you know, add to the closing statements is just to thank you to uh, Mr. Spencer. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought of this whenever I was first looking up that, um, you know, student-run newspaper at Mizzou, and I was, went to the apply thing, and it was like, you don't have to be a journalism major, you don't have to have much experience, just apply and you can join. And I was thinking about, like, when I go to apply for stuff like that, I'm sitting there saying, you know, oh, well, I've done, you know, I think I'm, you know, around 170-something stories. I've been able to cover NASCAR, I've covered the WNBA, I've covered the Hawks. And so I think we just need to say thank you for the opportunities that you've presented to us and you know how ready we're going to be going into this next stage at college and everything well that's kind of what the program is supposed to oh you're welcome sorry my (laughs) wife is working with me on that you're welcome first and foremost but no like really that's that's what the, the whole idea is you know my mentality coming in was just create opportunities like we're sitting like we're sitting on a gold mine here i mean you you come in and again panther pit coach's corner started by jack and dylan and they're like We've got such great interviews. We've built such great rapport. Well, I mean, you guys, you guys are a testament. That Ben is a testament to that. Like when you cover these events, you know, I mean, you look at the support we get from like, I think Ratliff and he's like, what tickets do you need this week? You know, when, when you, when you have, I remember, what was it last year, Riley, like Schmitty coming up to you the day after a game. He's like, <laughs> where were you? Like I was expecting my post game interview, yeah. you know, like we have that or, or Jenna this year, you know, with, with what you especially built with coach Bowen and that, mm-hmm. that rapport there where it's like, Hey, can we ride the team bus to state playoffs? Yeah. Side, you know, let's do it. You know I mean? That is, is, is a testament to you guys. And it's cool that Ben's here with us where like that legacy was started with Jack and Dylan, then look at where it's come through Jenna and Riley. And now you guys get to pass that on to Ben and, and hopefully next year, you know, Ben and I are sitting here saying the same thing or whatever about the next people. And it's just continuing that on and that that precedent that's been set there. Of, of, yeah, it's about creating opportunities, yes, but yeah, I mean, I, you guys put in the, in the work. I just think it's so cool to think like, you know, freshman year, I would be sitting on the couch, you know, midnight because I wanted to stay up to watch the late night NBA game and I'm just sitting on my couch watching it and then by my senior year I'm sitting in a press room asking a question to the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks freaking out when D Wade walks past you that was so cool (laughs) I almost ran into Dominique Wilkins and didn't realize it was Dominique Wilkins I was in a position to be around so many people that are famous that I didn't realize it was Dominique Wilkins I would also just like to point out, neither Riley nor I thought we were going to be in this class freshman year. <laughs> I was, they, I had an ultimatum. They said, you're going to have to join the newspaper, you're going to have to do ceramics. That's what I had class too. Was and I was like, well, I'm not doing ceramics. That's, that's what Let's I got what this too. newspaper so. thing's about. We made the right choice. That's for sure. And now, look where we're going. Yeah. Going to some top tier journalism schools. Yeah. So we want to write. Cool. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, speaking of appreciation, of course, we should probably close this out. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you know, Ben Barkley is going to be, be heading up uh, Panther Pit next year and, and see where that takes us. So hopefully you guys will join us there. But in the meantime, keep going to theprowlernews.org. Uh, we're not done. I know um, several seniors probably want to be done with the school year. We're far from done posting stories. I know like Ben's covering soccer tonight. 
Riley's covering girls lacrosse tomorrow. I have a story due the week after I graduate. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've, we've, got got stories. <laughs> we've even got stories coming out next week. So, again, keep going to theprowlernews.org. Follow us on all the social media and all that. If you're like me and you can figure out Instagram, maybe go there, look at something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know how that thing works. If you made it this so. far in the episode, you have too much time on your hands. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Maybe, maybe you should stop listening to the episode and head out to the stadium. <laughs> go uh, outside. Exactly. Maybe but, they are uh, outside. What's you can that? listen to a podcast outside. That's true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then, yeah, come to the stadium to watch a game. There you go. They're going you for a jog and they're listening to this podcast. There you go. Absolutely. Well, you can listen to the podcast whenever, wherever. That's what iTunes and Google Music, Google, Google Play, Play. Google, Play. Google Play is for. It's just a joke. What? It's just a joke. <laughs> anyway. Cool. very literal. <laughs> all right. Any, anything else y'all want to say before we say goodbye? I don't think so. Um, that sounded really final. Yeah, I don't Sorry. like that. Sorry. Before yeah. we say see you soon. There we go. Yeah. Well, just thanks to everyone who listens. Thanks to everyone who reads, reads it. Just thanks for the support, and you know, it's kind of what's helped us grow it to what it is now. We couldn't do it without everyone that listens, everyone that watches, everything, that, everyone that reads, everything that we post. Cool. I like that. Yep, we'll be back next uh, next fall. There, we'll have uh, Ben Barkley leading us. <laughs> thanks for listening. I'm not crying. You're crying.